Welcome back to the Monolith Film Podcast. I Welcome. Oh, wait a second. Oh. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm the co-host, Nick Gillum. With me, my other co-host. We burn. <laughs> you do the intros from now on. I hate them. Want to start over? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, today we're doing a... Uh, Weird enough one. It's Herzog's second feature-length film. We're not going in the order of Lynch. Slightly chronological. Herzog, we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. This is a strange one. Even Dwarf started tall. Small. Small with an O, not an A. He said tall. Did I really? Yeah, he said even Dwarf started tall. Okay, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> uh it says 1971 on 2B and 1970 everywhere else. Interesting. So I think it's 1970. It's a uh, some kind of institution or asylum or something where a bunch of... Oh, 1970. I believe it. Oh, wait a second. Go back to the screen, dude. Go back to this thing? This bad yeah. boy? Yeah. Look, yeah. Fangentail. That's what I said the first time. Fuck. Oh, that's what you okay. That's I misheard. That's what you said. Okay. That's the one. Oh, she's even hobbing Klein Angenfangen. There you go. Exactly. I, I think I might have stuttered the first time, but uh, the second time I nailed it. Um, yeah, a bunch of, uh, I guess we'll call them dwarfs for the time. Uh, yeah. A bunch of uh, little people, a bunch of dwarfs. A bunch of dwarves. Yeah, in this uh, some kind of institution on a volcanic island. And the uh, instructors go away f- to the uh, to the town for uh, the weekend or so, and these uh, inmates start going wild. They destroy the place. They do. That's pretty much the whole movie. More destruction the entire way through. Yeah, we don't know what exactly this institution is. No, we don't know who exactly are there. Are there non dwarves anywhere? Nowhere in the movie. No. Nowhere in the movie. Yeah. Nowhere in the movie. Like, are the instructors normal sized? normal sorry i don't know if that's okay to say i mean i would like <laughs> to imagine that they are also dwarfs because in the right. opening shot when the guy is holding the uh his little placard there that says yeah inmate number, that. <laughs> this guy here yeah the woman talking to him telling him the sign's backwards you idiot flip it flip it the other way she has a very high-pitched voice, which is distinctly dwarf, I imagine. That's true. You're right. And, I mean, the, the dude who they're rebelling against the entire time is also a dwarf. Yeah, and the lady who drives by in that cool car. Yeah, I found that interesting. Because that yeah. then implies that the whole island is just inhabited exactly. by dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is very funny. Um, before we get into it, a fun update for those oh. of you who have been following along with my drum. This is awesome. This is so stupid. I love this scene. It's just, I don't know how long it is of him just flipping the sign over, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like 45 seconds. He just can't get it right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the right way for me. <laughs> <laughs> like flip it. He rotates it. Oh, yeah. not that way? Which no. way? No? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like to imagine that this is real. I hope this is yeah, real. It's yeah. too funny not to be. This has to be a monolith, one of our posters too for Instagram, because this is mm-hmm. too funny. This one. But the update is... Yes. I got my copy. You got F- two copies. Yeah, I got two effing copies. Why? Now. Did you order I, two? I ordered one maybe... Three or four months ago, when we first started talking about it, yeah, it never arrived. So then I got my money back about a month ago. Oh, interesting. It, 
And then within a month, I got two copies. Nice. So one is going up on eBay for all you oh. Venus Hopper fans. Oh. Get ready. Top of the show, plugging shit. There you go. From the start. Watch. What's your eBay name? What do you, what do we got to watch out for? I don't know. I'm going to ask my mom. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like making one. <laughs> okay, we'll but post anyway. a link on our Instagram. Oh. You can post it on the story, do a little eBay story. Fuck, it'll be gone in a second, dude. Actually, I don't know. We're sellouts then. We can't sell anything. Um, but back- slap, a, slap a monolith sticker on it. Pretend it's exclusive. Oh, fuck, I should start. I should write on the disc. I'll sign the disc. We should uh, record a podcast and yeah. burn it onto a DVD and put both of them in there. <laughs> a secret, yeah, secret podcast. podcast. Only, only whoever buys that movie can see it. It's back there, boys. Two <laughs> the unreleased files. Ooh, <laughs> just, we can get extra spicy on that one too because it won't be on YouTube. Just us saying slurs the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is, uh, anyways, it's a Herzog. The second Herzog. feature. 1970. And his second feature. Interesting second thing to do. Oh, I agree. This is this is by far, I think, one of the weirdest movies I've seen. It is very strange. In my entire life, yeah. Saying that, I laugh throughout, though. It's very funny. I'm giggling. It's funnier than most Herzog, which make you kind of want to jump out of a window or something near the middle of it. But, um, yeah, I believe the first one... Was the uh, yeah? Here we go. Yeah, signs of life. That sounds yeah. Like the future. Yeah, I think that was it. That was like I believe he worked in a factory for two years or so, gaining money or like just saving his money to go shoot this thing. And it's about three people only in the movie, and they're guys who want to go back to the chivalrous days of old, and they go into okay. some German castle and pretend that there's monsters or something coming to get them, and they just run around. Sounds like uh, Don. Don Quixote or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's something in that kind of vein, but contemporary and Germanic like. I like that he he reused the uh, the poster format for Heart of Glass. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think he. I felt like he. I felt like I've seen it for another one of his movies as well. What's the we watch? Which one did we watch? Yeah, okay. I thought it was this one. Wojcik. We saw Strocek. I was wrong. Yeah, it's just these two. Mm-hmm. Wojcik is pretty interesting. That's. A, uh, a play that's adapted here and oh. each scene is one camera take so like the camera just flings around the set for the entire like five minute take of yeah the, the scene is quite quite cool that uh that's with his leading man uh his regular klaus kinski of course good old klaus have we oh, we saw him in uh agiri yes we did yeah that's probably his best role they they go down afterwards and they get okay. more strange and more not really strange but more eccentric and more aggressive right as the movies go on with like uh to the last one cobra verde i think it's the last one they did which is just a terrible movie oh uh, what yeah this one yeah that one's not very good that just goes, straight up bad yeah i mean i i got my little uh blu-ray case here i don't know if you can see it just looks black it's pretty right dark there. i can see a face oh there you go Herzog. Herzog. and it's uh handsome fucker pretty well he's got a fun little uh little face there. oh interesting it's a great box set i, I really like it it's got like little essays for all the movies at the beginning oh, fuck. 
And then, like, they all have pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't really see. There's a Gary. Cool. But uh, That's pretty neat. Yeah, it was a nice set. I don't think it was in Canada. I got it for a uh, a Christmas gift for, like, fucking super discount price. So I'm very happy with it. But anyways. Right. Uh, yeah, that, it's like uh, in that in that set, even in the, like, the the remastered kind of version of everything, the ADR is pretty off on some characters. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty. Some shots are very pretty, but it's yeah. strange just to see Klaus Kinski playing this role. He's some kind of, it's, this is like colonial times and he goes into some either rubber factory in South America and then goes into some other plantation in Africa and he just gets all like the the master's daughters pregnant and he gets beat up and kicked out all the time and he's some kind of outlaw but all the timelines are weird and then he goes and frees a bunch of female warriors and stuff it's uh, a like, cobra very day strange movie yeah. yeah that is weird the images are nice but the story is just so it's awkward okay weird mhm but here we are even dwarf here we are, yeah. started small um how many times have you seen this this was third time, I think. Third? Okay. What did you think the first time? First time, I loved it completely. I was cracking up the entire time. But mm-hmm. if I'm being honest with you, I might have been a bit intoxicated. At oh, okay. Second uh, yeah. time I watched it, it was in the background, and my dad was making fun of it the whole time. So okay. This was a fresh third run. Okay. Didn't enjoy cool. it as much as I did the first time, but... You know, Makes you're, sense. you're chasing the dragon of the dwarf, or you're chasing the dwarf. <laughs> and uh, I still enjoyed it. What did you yeah. think the first time? This is my first time. When you pitched doing the Herzog stuff and you told me about this movie, yeah, I was expecting it to be an actual movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not even. It's not really a movie. <laughs> it's the length of a movie. Yes. But, it's uh, 37. Um. I mean, nothing happens. It's literally just a bunch of dwarves destroying this facility. Pretty much. And And that's it. A fun note on that, that it's just dwarves destroying the place. Yeah. Is that uh, in Germany, it was seen as some kind of exploitative film. Yeah. Banned for two years. Couldn't get it released. And then after two years, it was heavily censored and released because uh, the reason for banning was that it was blasphemous anarchist and nihilistic yeah makes sense and they said none of that will have i don't know about nihilistic well i mean there's some kind of disregard for i guess like civility here i guess property and stuff and they're they're messing with the animals and the blind guys and they want to burn the other place and they don't care if pepe the guy tied up gets killed I guess. Also, Pepe is just laughing the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> it tricks you though at the beginning. This it makes you think that it is a movie. <laughs> it, it really does. <laughs> they go, yeah. oh, it's a crime. He's in for some kind of crime. <laughs> Something is going to happen. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun enough. It is very fun. Um, a little long, I find. Yeah. If uh, if you're going to make a movie where nothing happens, make maybe don't make it an hour 40. Yeah. 45 would have been tight. 45 would have been nice. Yeah. A I tight agree. 45. Yeah. Like there's a, I, I liked the shots of just the chickens running around doing stuff. Yeah. Maybe there's a little too many. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe they last a little bit too long. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, even if you're taking it as the metaphor where it's like, you know, it's the chicken kind of eating its dead relative there. And that's kind of what they're doing with the whole facility and everyone on right. it. You only need it once or twice. Yeah. You don't need it seven fucking times. Right. To see these chickens running around. And some of the sequences in here are dragged out. Like the guy trying to jump on the bed in their honeymoon. That was hilarious. It was funny. That was very, very funny. I quite (laughs) enjoyed that. How many newspapers is this guy going to put down? (laughs) He's putting down one newspaper jumping. Puts And they all just give up and read nudie magazines instead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know how old they're supposed to be in the movie, but they love it. Yeah, I I don't know either. They they act quite childlike. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious to know what mm-hmm. Herzog's direction was during this shoot. One kind of reading of this movie is kind of a political one was that there was a lot of student riots going on at the time and oh. these students were just kind of tearing up these kind of big cities in Germany. So people think this is Herzog kind of telling these students like this is what you guys are, you're a bunch of kids looking at nudie mags and breaking everything. So that's kind of one huh. reading of it. And that's why some people think that's why it was banned rather than like the kind of animal abuse or kind of exploitation of these dwarves. If what well, I yeah. mean, they're actors and they're getting paid. How are you getting exploited? You're playing True. a character. But what do you what do you think about that interpretation? I don't know if I know enough about these student riots, but mm-hmm. I mean uh, what's his name? Herzog, he's not uh, some kind of fascist guy who go oh don't protest this and right. stick inside so he's a quite a liberal kind of guy i don't think he would be yeah human. but maybe the riots that were the student riots that were going on then were fucking nuts for no reason and they were going crazy maybe but i was thinking the same thing i mean any any uh artist filmmaker mm-hmm. anyone in that industry usually isn't that yeah conservative and for lack of a better word, any like no one's. I mean, it's hard to find someone in any sort of creative industry who's anti-protest. Yeah, and like when you make a movie like this, people are going to protest that it's yeah. even a fucking movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's somehow thinking outside of the norm, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what it's about. It's always it has the same feel of a Herzog movie. It does not the exact look of it. I don't think he's come full into form yet. But I honestly, um, visually, this is probably my favorite Herzog film. I think so too, dude. So far, dude, every shot. I could skip to any single shot in this movie. And and they are all so well composed. Yeah. And it's very aesthetically cool. You know, you have to sometimes hear the haze in the background that just kind of glows. These two blind guys are hilarious. It's cool. Every, like every shot is like pretty. That car so is awesome. pretty. That's a cool looking car. It's such a good looking movie. Yeah, but it's so weird. Mm-hmm. We get a few kind of more Herzogian sequences when the kind of I forget the guy's name, but the uh, guy holding Pepe in like the uh, the big house. He. Um, when he's chasing the three chickens that they threw in. Yeah. So, uh, we have no room for bald ass hens or whatever he says. Yeah. That's near the end. Uh, yeah, here it is. And he's running yeah. around with the wide angle. 
this is very kind of Herzog almost documented. Yes. In this yes. Spot. I felt this too. And yeah. the, the, this whole thing, he's like following him and even the characters like look directly into the camera Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't care. A few times they look in the camera too. Yeah. And the guys on the motorcycle, he's looking right at it. Fun stuff. Yeah. There's also, I mean, we were talking about before cutting some material out of this thing. Yeah. I don't remember when this shot is here. Mm-hmm. right after this i imagine yeah just this car yeah going in circles i think this scene lasts like a full minute probably but i think that's herzog laughing at us going you're watching this fucking thing yeah going in circles. <laughs> maybe in another I mean, movie here uh let me just get the name of it going oh i believe it's fata morgana that's a uh that's i it's some kind of like travelogue i don't really know what kind of genre it would fall into but it's just herzog driving through morocco i believe and taking just oh. film of what he sees there fata morgana right at the top oh yeah here it is i think it's morocco we'll find out soon enough mayan creation theory what i don't know looks sounds like if it's mayan it sounds like it might have been filmed in south america Mm, I don't think so. Oh, that's also 1971. So this is right after. Interesting. But this would this was more of like a museum kind of movie that would have played in okay. a museum where you'd yeah. walk by it ten times and it'd be just playing on a loop kind of. Yeah, thing. I know the type. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's no there's sand, like music going along, but there's no talking or no dialogue or anything. Okay. It's him kind of filming landscapes and stuff. Okay. And it starts off with a plane just leaving the tarmac four or five times i believe the exact same clip just played on repeat and uh when when a critic asked him like hey yeah why did you play that stupid thing five times at the beginning it has nothing to do with the movie and he goes yeah well you know if people really want to see the movie they're going to sit through the five times and if someone leaves then i don't want them to watch it it's not their kind of movie yeah fair so i think it's the same kind of thing with this truck just spinning endlessly in circles yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but I, it, it, there's something to what you said earlier about like all of these seemingly random shots that last way too long. Yeah, are all kind of like a microcosm for the movie as a whole, right? Like this exactly. one. Yeah, uh, all the dwarves are just spinning in circles. They, we get the same occurring shot of them, like outside. Yeah, the main dude's building, like yelling at him. Yeah, <laughs> wherever it is, we get the same shot over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like the chickens attacking each other, like you said, it's just them destroying their own community. Yeah, I almost feel like this kind of inmate uprising. I feel like this happens every weekend there. <laughs> it seems like this is just a cycle that never stops. Yeah. Like business as usual. Yeah, the guy in the building, he doesn't seem actually worried that they're going to do anything. He just threatens them. They threaten him. They're running around like planting smoke bombs and stuff. Yeah, here is the shot. Yeah, you I get prefer, this shot like a dozen yeah. times. But I prefer the wider one, I think. Oh, me too. That's what, that I, that's what I was looking for. Oh, yeah, I just that one's it. quite nice. Where is it? Oh, that there shot you just panned over. Where? Uh, yeah, um, maybe we can't show it. I don't know if we can show it. It's the main dwarf sitting behind the thing, and he goes, ah, excellent tits. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. This is what I'm not sure if we can show, but we're not monetized, so I don't know. Yeah, and I mean it's drawn. I'll just block it with my finger. 
Can Wait you see a second. Can you see me? Wait, I'm the one recording. Hold on. <laughs> um, this is the first Herzog one that we've encountered that does not have a soundtrack by Popol Vuh. Oh, interesting. And you know what? I quite actually really enjoy the music here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I, this is the one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> His little what's, it, what's this? His name was what? Ombre? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Ombre. <laughs> At first I thought they were just calling him Ombre, but then I was like, they're speaking German. Why would yeah. they call him Ombre? But also, why would they be on some volcanic island in like... You know, did Herzog so find a dozen German dwarves and f- pay to fly them all to this random ass island? I believe so. Because that's insane. I thought, I assumed... At first, I assumed this was in Germany, because why would you... Yeah. How, how else would you find that many German dwarves? No, this says, shot on the volcanic island of Lanzarote in the Canary Islands. Well, there you go. So he must have... He must have just flown a dozen German dwarves to the Canary Islands. That's a cool shot, though. That's it is. Cool it it is. Shot. I mean, every shot is. It's insane how, yeah. like beautiful i don't know how he found this island and this facility and this like community like there's tons of buildings and shit like that i don't know but it is stunning i also find it so funny that he finds this beautiful place shoots it beautifully and just does the most strangest most nonsensical movie dwarfs running around oh my god (laughs) they're crucifying monkeys and stuff yeah that shot was weird the monkey was like obviously not okay with that no, I, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. See, we see two roosters fighting each other for quite a some time. Yeah, that's true. Where's the monkey scene? Is it before they toss the chickens? Oh, there it is right there. Um, yeah, and there's the cockfight too. Yeah, this is proper cockfighting. Um, to be honest, the, the, the animals in this movie mm-hmm. actually bother me more than Cannibal Holocaust. I think as well, yeah. I don't know, but that's, I don't know. It seems logically we should have more of a reaction to Cannibal Holocaust, but it almost seems worse in this one that they don't kill them. Yeah, this is, well, it's some kind of, it's ritualistic and strange and, I don't know, like sadistic. They're all laughing yeah. and jumping around. It's also, in Cannibal Holocaust, at least they ate them. Yeah, and at least they're in the wilds of the world. You know? Yeah. This seems to be a civilized place. And they're just going absolutely mental. I wonder where they got those smoke flares too. Who's keeping those things around? I think it's I think it's just gasoline. They just dump a rag in gasoline and toss it somewhere. <laughs> Look at this monkey just tied up. <laughs> yeah, where'd they get a monkey? I have no clue. I don't know how they caught any of these things. Yeah, the chickens that make sense. You buy them, the pig too. Yeah. But the monkey, that's where you lost me. And I like how he was in a birdcage. Yeah, and I like his cool leather belt too. <laughs> I'm surprised that monkey didn't rip someone's face off while they were shooting that. Yeah, me too. But uh, that was supposed to be another, like, in that same thing I was reading about the uh, the student protests maybe being a uh, some kind of inspiration for the movie, that kind of uh, crucifixion scene. He was kind of laughing at the uh, Christendom in Germany, saying like, oh, you know, you guys are the same as these kind of, just like the general German populace, you know? Yeah. You guys are kind of doing the same thing as these kind of students. You're just running, you're driving your truck in circles, you know? Interesting. But who knows what is what? Yeah. Who, yeah. I feel like 
boiling this film down to just a comment on some like niche momentary German political movement. Yeah. Is almost too narrow minded. It, yeah, it seems like it's make it's oversimplifying it. Yeah. I think it, I think a far more accurate uh interpretation of this film would mm-hmm. just to be to say that it's just like every every shot is a microcosm for the movie, the movie itself is just a microcosm for mm-hmm. like civilized humanity. Like we're all Yeah. No, it's like the primal instinct to revolt and we're all really animals. We're not meant to be yeah. uh, cooped up in cities and whatever, all that shit, you know? This is the the kind of first draft of his thesis, too, into, like, the theme that comes back in every single one of his movies afterwards, where it's the yeah. kind of, like like we were saying, the kind of, some kind of, I don't know if it's nihilistic or it's more kind of, like, I don't know, because nihilistic would be more sent, like thinking towards people, but I'm thinking more general life being kind of... No, nihilism is... Nihilism is it can be about like just general existence. Yeah, just some yeah. kind of like existential pointlessness. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly what's going on in this yeah. film. And I don't know if you found a connection between this and the uh, Stroychek ending where just that the big... Dancing truck, chicken? Yeah, the truck just burns. There's nothing happening. The truck's burning. Yeah. Everyone's there yelling about nonsense stuff. And then the chicken just dances for you. Yeah, I did. I did see that. A very similar. I can ending. see. I can also see this movie being a commentary on uh, entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we both sat through an hour forty minutes of just dwarves destroying stuff. Yeah, we both felt like it wasn't even a real movie, but we laughed and it was fun to watch. I have a blast watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. We have a, a guest here in the background getting soft. Oh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> what you want to give your comments on uh, what you thought about the movie there? Um, it was the weirdest movie I've ever seen ever. <laughs> That's fair. She, she toned it down. She said it was the worst movie she'd ever seen before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> well, that might be a little too far. I think that's too far. I've seen some bad movie. Has she seen the Emoji movie? Well, I she'd probably like it though. Don't don't ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would not like that. I chose not to watch that, but he forced me to watch this movie. And let's just say the creepy laughter was very disturbing. And yes. Yeah, I don't know. Just the laugh tracks were just too intense, and then the weird voices, and it was just overall creepy and chaotic. Well. That just might be the point of it, eh, dear? All right, whatever you say. Okay. Something <laughs> <laughs> for everyone, yes. I guess. Um, I watched part of this with uh, Zach. Yeah. Um, our close friend, Zach, for mm-hmm. anyone who's listening who doesn't know who Zach is. Um, Zero audience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, thought, uh, he thought the voices might have been pitch shifted. At first. I don't think they are. I thought, I don't she thought it was funny that he thought they were. Yeah. I yeah. think those are real, definitely real voices. Yeah. Because these aren't just little people. Mm-hmm. Right? No. Well, we see one of these same actors. I think it might be this guy right here walking in front or the hombre. 
Okay. One of the two, I forget which one. They're in another one of his movies, the uh, the Enigma of Casper Hauser. Okay. And the exact same voice. No, that's the great next thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I lent that after. movie to Halen, and he said it was the saddest movie that he'd seen. Oh, sounds like it's right up my alley. It's uh, it's fun enough. <laughs> fun <laughs> or sad? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> The shots are fun. <laughs> hmm. Was it one man's trash is another man's fortune? One man's sad movie is another man's fun movie. That's it. That's another the one I. On track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I got the uh, ten minute warning. So okay, so we'll uh, call it here. Uh wait right. a bit. Yeah, maybe wait a bit. I got right. little quick fun points to the thing here. The uh, the opening, like the, the title sequence there, that big 360 pan, and then there's yeah. a few more pans over the rest of the compound. Those are shots that uh, we see again and again, the 360 pan, the complete pan around. And in uh, the movie, I didn't know there was, yeah, something, something like this too. This is a kind of a strange shot, how it's kind of like, you can tell it's camera operated here. But when right. it arrives on the shot of the compound, just a, and we're locked in, and it's perfectly locked. Well, no, there's a bit of wiggle there. But that that might just be uh, uh, like, film stock or whatever. Yeah, Is that possible. Maybe there's some kind of rig set up on the tripod or something that locks it in there. Or, I don't know, but uh, yeah, these three sixty pans we see a lot of, and in the movie we we're talking about before, uh, Fata Morgana, we see that. Yeah throughout the movie and the other one we were talking about Cobra Verde I believe the opening shot is also a 360 pan but that's one where uh, what's his name uh, Klaus Kinski pops into frame after the 360 and it's him looking around so it's kind of like a okay. point of view shot yeah but uh, what else here oh yeah Lessons of Darkness also that movie's fun that's a fun that's one that's another Herzog yeah I think it's only uh, right here no that's Land of Silence and Darkness that's another really sad one that scene it's more recent um lessons of the darkness yeah i think it's the 90s is that that's not a documentary is it yeah well it's the same uh, yeah 92 but it's the 92. same kind of uh, yeah around the, yeah it's right here same kind of travelogue thing and i think it's okay. the gulf war and it's just herzog flying around in a helicopter filming the gulf war Oh, but yeah, that sounds depressing. Mostly like these big oil sands just igniting in flame. And it looks like you're on a different planet when you're watching the movie. Okay. Yeah, when it was, yeah, Kuwaiti oil fields and flames. It's absolutely beautiful, but also you're like, fuck, this place is destroyed, you know? Right. But I mean, the shots, I, you, you'd never see a shot like this without CGI or something because it's, it's flames a hundred feet high and just workers everywhere, giant water hoses and helicopters coming in and he's floating around with this camera that looks okay. like he's hovering through the flames and through smoke and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I find, uh, I don't know, does Herzog have any photography? I think so. He has, I believe, a book of poetry, and I think it's accompanied by photography. Okay. 
because he filmed like a photographer. Yeah. Because a lot of his shots are static. Mm -hmm. And he just sits there and lets stuff happen. Yeah, that's also in the kind of New German kind of move where they let sequences play out. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Like but I mean, like even... Mm-hmm. Like none of his... none. Of, I don't think a single shot in here except for those 360 pans yeah. and the stuff where it's all handheld has yeah. any camera movement. But even the handheld stuff is still... It's mimicking camera movement, like formal camera movement where if it's a dolly, the guy will walk forwards or walk to the left or something. Right. He's not going, oh, oh, like documentary filming, you know, popping around the screen, zooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this scene is the one I was thinking of where they eat dinner. Yeah. And like someone who isn't Herzog Mm -hmm. wouldn't just plop the camera down and run an entire, like... Very long sequence. Yeah, it's very long of them. They say... They say grace, and then they forget yeah. the food, so he leaves to get the food, and then he comes back, but the camera never moves. No, and they proceed to destroy the food. Right, instead of eat it. Yeah. And destroy the plates. One of my favorite shots, I don't know if it will be my favorite shot in it, is coming up just after this, where it's, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy who has Pepe locked up. Right, the, uh, I don't know, yeah, he's the, what do they call him? What's his title even? I forget. Because he's not the principal, because he keeps no. saying the principal's coming back soon. Yeah, and I think that's Territory is his name. They have they have weird names. Yeah, they have strange names in this. Yeah. But uh, whenever it shows the kind of uh, reverse shot, I think it's in that same scene. It might, oh, a bit before, it's like a low angle looking up uh, at the buddy looking over the seat, over the, uh, the rooftop at them having dinner. I don't know if I'm going to, f- oh, oh, there right it is. There. Yeah. So it's right before they change angles. Yeah. So that's a fun little shot that I uh, just saw while you were scrubbing through. I don't know if it's uh, my favorite, but I think it's, it's fun. Quite, this one stood out to me as well. Big wide angle. Yeah. I mean, this movie's full of wide angle. I don't think there's Love. any. It might be one of the wide angle, though. Yeah. It's, it's a good-looking movie because it's deep focus. It has that kind of old look, but in such a, such a new, yeah. new way of showing it that it, it's, it's something uh, I'm excited by it when I see this. Yeah, it, it's definitely, no matter how often I thought to myself, um, this isn't a movie. Mm-hmm. I was never, I never wanted to turn it off. No. I never once wanted to like take a break or look away or anything like that. Well, I mean, we talked about the kind of narrative plot and kind of visuals, what weighs heavier in the movie itself. And yeah, I mean, we give away narrative and plot. I mean, just make something that's fun and Mm -hmm. beautiful and that's no problem. But I think, you know, that's definitely part of the reason why no one, no casual film watcher knows who Herzog is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, maybe with his Netflix deal now, but you'd know him as right. kind of a documentary, yeah. like a grand scale documentary. Yeah. You'd know him. I mean, if you've seen what, uh, 
what is it, Into the Inferno? Yeah. That's part of his Netflix deal, Lo and Behold. Yeah. I think, oh, that's the one I was talking about last time. I think Family, uh, there, Family Romance LLC. Okay. That's, oh, that's new. One. Yeah. yeah. But he's got, I think, a four or five movie deal with Netflix for documentaries. Okay. So we'll be seeing more at least. He's done a few. Was it was Lo and Behold a Netflix one or was Into the Inferno his first Netflix? Uh no, I think they were both Netflix, those okay. two. And maybe even Salt and Fire might have been Netflix also. Is this these look I, this guy he's an actor though. That's he looks familiar. Yeah, he's uh I forget his name, but he's quite big now. Yeah, I don't think that's a documentary then. No, that's uh that's fiction that. So is that part of his deal? I think it's Netflix. So it was just five movies, not necessarily five documentaries? Maybe five movies, but I was under the impression it was documentaries, but that's definitely a, a fiction feature. Yeah. What's this guy's name? Michael Shannon. We're back with Big Mike. <laughs> I think uh, this movie, we start to see uh, Herzog's love of volcanoes, too. Oh, Maybe that's why he did Into the Inferno. Uh, and uh, La Soufrière earlier. I think that's in the 80s. La Soufrière. Is that yeah. also about volcanoes? Yeah, that's a documentary about this kind of volcano that's about to go off. But then it kind of shifts into this one guy, this kind of poor farmer who won't leave the island, so he just kind of sits there to die. Oh, interesting. Um, I believe it would be maybe late 70s then. I have not seen it yet, unless oh here it is, unless you free are. Yeah. That's a nice poster. Yeah. It's a pretty movie. It's I think it's sixteen millimeter though, so kind of grainy black and white. Yeah. But uh, still, uh, quite a fun movie. I mean, documentary. This guy, yeah, documentary. It's about, it's, a, it's about the dude. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Guadalupe. Yeah, everyone left except for one old man. So, like, halfway through the movie, it kind of turns to this one guy. Okay. Very interesting. I wish he, I wish he translated all his titles. Because I like long titles, and this mm-hmm. looks cool. Warden of ein Unausfüßen. Yeah, what the heck does that mean? I don't know. Huh. That's definitely wrong. Yeah. Um, I have a fun little... Not really uh, an anecdote here, but a fun little uh, story about uh, production that uh, one character, I believe it was the guy who's doing the uh, the kind of matador act with the truck. The tallest of the dwarves. Yes, that guy. Yeah. The kind of head honcho who's doing yeah. the muscle poses and stuff behind Ombre. He, uh, I think it was him. He, <laughs> yeah, what was the, the line here? While they were filming the scene with the truck spinning around, he fell off of it and was run over. Nice. And then, yeah, the guy in the plaid there with yeah, the funny yeah. hat on. Yeah, this guy. He yeah. I think it was when he was climbing on the roof. Right here. Yeah, here, exactly. Yeah. In one of the takes, he fell off and was run over. Wasn't hurt or anything, but just kind of... Got know, nailed. Smacked some sense into him. Yeah. And then later on in shooting his uh whole costume caught on fire when they were burning oh my fire God. Pots. so he was he was ignited in flame and they had to put him out in like i don't know if it was the pig trough or something but they said that the whole fucking funny had to come and put him out because his whole body just lit up in flames and uh after that herzog said uh 
if anyone else gets hurt, uh, I'm going to jump in, or if no one else gets hurt at the end of this shoot, I'm going to jump into a cactus bush and you guys can all laugh at me getting hurt now. And, uh, Herzog, he, uh, he makes quite a few bets. Yeah. And, uh, he, he went through with it. They finished filming and no one else got hurt. And he jumped right into a cactus, like a big cactus patch. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I think the line he said was, it was easier getting in than it was getting out. I imagine so. You'd think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's, uh, that's the, uh, the kind of, uh, lead into this kind of fun little story that uh, another bet that Herzog made was with, um, I don't know if you know, Errol Morris. He's another kind of director, um, documentarian kind of guy. Okay. And he, he's, I don't want to say he's like the understudy, not really understudy, but kind of uh, what like a protege of Herzog, but he's, he's very much in the Herzog camp. And they, okay. they work together in making movies. And I think Errol Morris was first AD on a lot of his movies in the 70s. What is AD, art director? Uh, assistant uh, director. Assistant director. So like he'd be the guy who makes the schedules, like runs the camera guys. Okay, this is what uh, Werner wants. This is what Werner is. Okay. Okay. And he runs there. He's kind of like the helper guy. Yeah. But, but like up there, like he's the one, people talk to him to talk to Herzog. Like. Okay. And uh, he was trying to make a movie because he makes interesting documentaries on very niche subjects like... Okay. His big one is the Thin Blue Line, though. That was, that's a very oh, I've heard that movie. before. Yeah, that's a that, that was his big movie, and that that got like people out of jail and stuff. Okay, um, kind of a, uh, a police procedural movie where he goes in on this this murder that happens, and he tells everyone's point of view, everyone who was in, like, yeah, that that's the first Thin Blue Line. Yeah. Everyone who had anything to do with this shooting, he interviewed them and then reenacted their story. So you can see everybody's story. And it's all shot in this kind of like beautiful studio kind of light, studio shooting, like tremendous looking movie. And then just back and forth into uh, like the kind of head and shoulder talking head right. interview documentary stuff. And he, they, you can kind of see the difference between everyone's point of view and how the story changes and how over time the story warped into making this guy seem guilty when actually you can, when you have all the stuff in front of you as like a visual document and you can imagine yourself there and what actually happened when you see everyone's stories put together and whose stories don't match up and maybe why they don't match up. Interesting. It, uh, yeah. It ended up with the guy getting out of jail at the end. Damn. Cool. So that, that was his claim to fame was this movie. Okay. But, uh, that what that next one gates of heaven it's about uh, pet cemeteries. That was uh, a documentary that Herzog said, if you ever get this silly movie made, I'll eat my own shoe. <laughs> and Errol Morris ended up making the movie, and there is a, a great little film of Herzog boiling his shoe and then eating his shoe on stage. That's fucking... Oh, wow, is he boil, why do you boil it? I guess sanitary? I, yeah, and I think it was hard as fuck leather, too. Right, okay. Get a nice but soft. I think that is on uh, YouTube somewhere, if you want to watch Herzog eating his own shoe. Very cool. So that's a fun... So I, I guess he makes bets often enough, and it seems he always comes out on the losing end of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think you preferred? Eating the shoe or jumping in a cactus? That shoe looked gnarly as all hell, dude. That shoe looked fucking gross, dude. <laughs> 
I think I'd prefer a few little uh, pin pricks than a fucking dirty old boot in my mouth. So funny. I think he ate the whole darn thing, too. Hey, wow. That but, is uh, uh, quite the feat. Ooh, let's end the podcast. Hey. <laughs> Back to the dwarves. Back to these. Um, this the shot that's about to happen, I think, if I'm placed right, mm-hmm. surprised me quite a bit. Yeah, this one. Yeah. I really was not expecting them to back the truck up into just a fucking hole. And it, just a giant well out of nowhere. Where, where'd that come from? I don't know. That's more chaos. I'm sure. I mean, if I was Herzog, I'm sure this is exactly what happened. He was like, you know, scoping the place out and he saw yeah. a big hole and he said, wow, I'm throwing something in there. This is perfect. We have a list. Is... We can pull it out after if no one <laughs> says anything. If no one says anything, we'll throw it in there with the chicken bodies. I don't oh worry God. about anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't think... There's no way they got that back. I don't think so. That looked deep. Yeah. And I did, but the, somehow, I don't know. The, it's, the explosion sounds fake. Yeah, I think that might be... Uh, I don't know if I can play the... Can you hear it when I play the sound? A little bit, yeah. Is that very loud? Very quiet, but... Uh, very quiet. Maybe for the listeners at home, it might be loud. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Let's do it halfway just in case. It was a bit hard to hear on my end, but I, I okay. definitely know what you mean. So on my end, it seems loud, so I'm just worried about the viewers. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the explosion just sounds um, very vague. I would believe it was a phony sound effect or something. But why, why bother? I don't know. I mean, you could kind of go, ah, oh, he's kind of going with the tropes of kind of cinema car destruction where there's always a massive explosion and fireworks and everything. Or I don't know. Add some excitement to it. I guess, but dumping a truck in a hole is pretty exciting already. I thought it was very fun. So I don't know. I don't know what the point would be to fake the explosion sound. Because yeah. even if it didn't explode, because if we didn't hear the explosion, I either would have assumed it didn't explode. Doesn't mean the car is fine. It's definitely yeah. destroyed. Mm-hmm. Or the hole's just so damn deep you didn't hear it. Yeah. And that wouldn't have bothered me. But hearing the explosion and hearing it sound fake did bother me. Kind of cuts you out of the actual uh, mayhem of it. A little, yeah. Herzog has a way of his his film style is very, uh, what's the word? Like it makes me feel like I'm in the movie. Okay, I know what you mean. Kind of visceral. Uh, you're in it. Yeah, it's very not engaging, but uh, like if, if if people watch movies for escapism, Herzog mm-hmm. definitely achieves that. Oh, pretty well, yeah. Because for the whole length of every film I've watched by him, I'm in a different world. You're locked. You're very involved. There's nothing as strange as it, though. You're like, what the heck? What's the next yeah. rock going to be? Where's this going? You're yeah. always, you're locked in completely. That's always... It's, it just feels so real. Like, even like the fact that it seems like he never uses a tripod, Yeah. even on, like, very steady shots. Mm-hmm seems like there's always a bit of shake. Yeah. There's that one shot of the chair burning. Yeah. 
after they burn all the plants with the car moving in the background. Mm-hmm. I think they burn the plants after they eat dinner. I think it might be closer to the end. Anyways, I don't know if I'm going to find it now. But he easily could have used a tripod for that shot because he doesn't move the camera for a solid 10 seconds. Yeah. But he chose not to. Mm-hmm. He chose to just hover there and let it shake. And I don't know that, you know, it's like... That's it, a... just, it just puts you in it. Because mm-hmm. like with the tripod, like when directors use tripods, it's definitely the steadiness is pretty and everything. But it definitely makes you feel... I find it makes me feel more aware that it's a movie. Yeah, for sure. Because my head's never still perfectly. Yeah. No, like human vision is never that still. Mm-hmm. So when Herzog kind of refuses to use a tripod, it just seems more natural. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like the... Uh, I imagine it's something like... Uh, we've, we've talked about it before with other Herzog ones, the, uh, the kind of ecstatic truth. Right. Where, like you get the idea of something... You, you see it, it happens right in front of you, and you have, to, you have to capture this magic moment in one second, and that's the magic of the movie, is this one instance of, like, real truth that just manifests in front of the, the lens. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's always hunting for these moments, so he'll just have the camera guy roaming around going, oh, here's the, the chair on fire, let's get this. Right. Okay, this is, this is exactly what this moment boils down to is this one kind of chair here oh what's this guy looking up here what's this dwarf running around with the uh playing matador with the truck or something also very nice cut in that matador sequence where the carpet covers the lens and then yeah i agree further shot that's a fun one i'm not sure if i'll be able to find it is is it before they burn everything or is it after i think it's before they burn everything but before dinner yeah i think so is it right after dinner uh oh maybe right after dinner Nah, maybe not i'll just I let it play <laughs> just throwing plates i love i love that i love them just throwing plates i think it's, it's definitely ombre rules dude ombre does rule i love him ombre is He's the best because it's definitely after the uh the car turns for like an hour yeah so it's got to be somewhere near this is he's funny when he does this i, I thought that was mustard on her <laughs> yeah I thought that was that made me laugh. I think it's I think it's while they're burning shit. Maybe. I mean, it's kind hard of, to kind get of hops the, in the cockfight. Yeah, it's hard to tell the timeline of this movie. It really is because like they what is it a blanket? Is a carpet they use? I don't no, remember. It's just anarchy. It is just anarchy. It really is. I do. Oh, here it is. I see the here's the carpet. Okay, so I think it was before that. Before he runs around on the carpet? No, oh, no I think right it's here. right here. Yeah, here we go. So where's the cut then? So this should be coming up soon. So now this character is running in front of this truck with the carpet, playing Matador, and getting chased by this truck going like two or three kilometers an hour. And oh, there it goes. He made it. He survives. It'd be funny to see the take where he gets fucking taken out, run over by this yeah. truck. <laughs> I almost wish they left that in there. There, that was cool. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, here I have a note on some uh, ecstatic truth moments. The spontaneous moment of uh, of reality of realism was when the uh, the one that stood out for me was when the uh, the lady who Ombre was supposed to get married to when she's trying to open the door, going, "My shoes are in there! My shoes are in there!" 
And then the door handle falls off. She goes, oh my God, what? Yeah. And then she puts the door handle back. <laughs> that is definitely a real moment. And uh, I, I cracked the hell up watching it. I also thought that was fucking funny. My shoes are in there. Or she has one shoe on or something. <laughs> I honestly didn't even notice her ever having... Shoes or anything. Yeah, I never noticed whether she had shoes or not. I just thought it was funny that... Why would, why are her shoes in that building? Yeah, they're, and why wouldn't she be wearing them as well? Right. Oh, my foot. I want my shoe back. Yeah, here it is. Exactly. Oh, she's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 she puts it back on. Oh, oh it's funny. In the house. It's funny. I mean, there's some funny effing lines in this movie. Throughout, there are some funny fucking stuff. There's not much dialogue, but pretty much all the dialogue made me laugh a little. Yeah. It's just, yeah. everything is so silly. And, I mean, you can't take yourself seriously. This is, it's so much fun, this movie. Yeah, this this final scene with it's the awesome. uh, the dude in charge. Yeah. When he starts to yell, he just runs it. <laughs> They've been trying to get him out of his house the entire movie, and then he yeah. just runs out, and they don't care, and he yells at this tree. Get you bastard! Get your arm down! Put your arm down right now! Why are you pointing your finger at me? With some fucking tree with a branch sticking out. All right, I'll point my finger at you. It's just like I love when he's uh, what does he say? Like my arm's much lighter. I'll last yeah. forever. So funny. So dumb. I like the people who would be like criticizing the movie or something and trying to read some political message into it. You're like. Have fun with the fucking thing. This yeah. Is, this is fantastic. This is amazing. It's just so silly. Take it down, I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the ending of the movie, too, where it's just the, uh, what is it called? The uh, the camel just shitting and then Ombre laughing his ass off. Is that what happens? The camel shits? I didn't even notice. The camel just shits at the end and Ombre just loses it. I know it, I know it ends on Ombre just absolutely laughing. Just He's. He, I think Ombre is the best. I think he's my favorite character by far. It's so funny how he just waddles and then just repeats what people say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Newspaper. <laughs> like beavers and butter. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so, oh, dude, when uh, when he they try to marry Ombre with the other very short dwarf. The, the shoeless lady. The shoeless lady, yeah. yeah. I love how he's like, but I don't want to get married. Yeah. Like, dude, it's not a real wedding, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> like it's there's no this isn't official dude they just want you to get laid yeah i mean <laughs> this is what he thinks marriage is too just them running and yeah down, watching porn looking at porno so, oh he yeah, does take a dump well, and now ombre is loving it his arms are going <laughs> yes that's a nice a big crap for this thing too and yeah just looking at the <laughs> <laughing>. <laughs> Oh man! He starts coughing his fucking lungs out. <laughs> God. Yeah, I love when they rules when they fuck with the blind people. That is funny. It's just when they steal the ball when they're playing bowling or whatever. Yeah, why am I back here now? What's going on? I love when they're the static shot mm-hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> And then you just slowly see a bunch of doors creeping in the frame. <laughs> From the sides, they just see like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so funny. Oh, here they come. Here they go. Nice and oh, hunched There's a couple over. back here. Yeah. Oh, there's another there one. <laughs> so funny. Oh, yeah. there's another one over here. 
What's he so doing? Funny. They're like, oh, this is our one time for anarchist freedom. Let's go fuck with the blind guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, are they, I wonder, are they actually blind dwarves or are they wearing those goggles because they're not blind dwarves and they act better with the goggles on? Maybe, yeah. Because in the story of the movie, it was their parents poked their eyes out for being yeah. dwarfs or something. That's Yeah, I remember. I heard or I don't before. know if it's for being dwarfs, but their parents poked the eyes out. And he goes, Which is think a- this is funny, Pepe? And Pepe is just pissing himself <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Which is weird, because then it would imply that these people live here. Why are these people here? We have no explanation for it, because... No. I think we think at first, oh, okay, they're dwarfs. Maybe on this island, they put all the dwarfs on this this one compound. Who's that? That's the thing we don't know. Right. And then later on, we see that the whole world, this whole island is all dwarfs. So there's no reason, maybe they're psychopaths or lunatics or something, but then why would you have them with these kind of disabled people? And Yeah, that's kind of, sense. yeah. Because he, he said there's a prison on this compound too. Yeah. Like the mayor or whatever, I don't know what to call him, the dude in the black suit that yeah. they are rebelling against. He kept saying, what am I supposed to do with them? I can't put them with the other people in jail or in prison or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. They'll kill each other. They'll go on hunger. Right. Stuff. So is this just like a, some sort of like detention center where there's a prison, but there's also like a, a more lax, I don't know. Could be. I mean, I don't know. They call it an institution, but what the hell does that mean, you know? Right, yeah. A mental institution? Maybe. They, they could be loonies. But then, does being blind really make you a loony? Not really, but I mean, in this magical dwarf world, who knows what the rules are? I guess. I do I do actually really like the... Some of my favorite shots are with the uh, the blind people. I actually yeah, they're found cool. the one I was talking about, and then it disappeared. Yeah, here. When they're just, uh, after they tear down the uh, the dude in the black suit's favorite uh, tree. tree. Yeah. Yeah. As some sort of, like, fuck you to him. Yeah. Cuts to some chickens, of course. Yeah, and then it cuts to this. Just these the yeah. two blind dwarves just chilling on some nice stone chairs with a big-ass tree. Yeah. I like that. Those goggles are quite fun, too. They're very steampunk. Mm. It's interesting. I so like why they, Sorry? Go ahead. I was going to say, I like their sticks that they use. They're not like only walking sticks. They're like violent things. They yeah. Other people yeah. And they're, like, they're not just like branches they found either. No. Like this actual is a, stabs. This is a nice shot. This is the one I'm talking about. I think this might be my favorite. Yeah, this is very nice. The nice slow. But like even here, you know, like he's not. It's obviously just a guy a holding a camera walking. Yeah. yeah. But it, like, it's, it's nice. It's, there's something magical about it, though. Yeah, there is. Because it makes you feel like you're also there witnessing. This shot is my least favorite. Yeah, you don't like this one? No, I don't know. I think it's too grainy. compared yeah. to it's, it's more grainy than the rest of the movie, and it makes it feel like some like VHS home movie bullshit that they just kind of inserted yeah. post. I agree with you. I think it might be here because the light from the window is so overpowering. Yeah, that makes they sense. They need to boost like, the ISO, so they turn all the lights off, and, or they max the fucking ISO out so it looks like the lights are on in the room, too, and kind of yeah. even out the lighting, but it makes it look shitty. It makes the shadows and blacks look crap. Yeah, it does. I, I really, this is, I mean, it stood out to me how different, it is very uh, flat. 
compared to the rest of the film. Yeah, and completely grained out. Yeah, there's some heavy contrast in most of the shots. Yeah. And in that, it's like all just gray. They kind of just like it middles out on everything. No, I agree with you. Yeah. And then Pepe is a signature laughter. Looking at the camera too, laughing. (laughs) Yeah, always. I mean, I don't care that these guys are looking at the camera or that nothing makes sense or that's complete nonsense. It's so much fun, though. It is very captivating. It's a blast. Yeah. Have a good time. I also think we're the the movie's perfect audience. I think so, too, yeah. Like, no one else is going to watch this and say, man, that was cool, you know? Exactly. Well, like... Girlfriend, I, the worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I watched. Um, I think I watched this in in two sittings. The first half I watched just in my living room. Yeah. And uh, my both my parents were home. Neither of them could keep their attention on the film. Oh really? And then I watched the second part with um, Zach and Jacob at his apartment. Yeah. And Jacob's girlfriend, and mm-hmm. I was oh. the only one who was really paying attention. I Zach saw was today. Pardon? So I'm in traffic today. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. How was that? Yeah, I waved. I don't think he saw me. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, in, unless you're invested in Herzog's filmography mm-hmm. or unless, you know, you're into more like art cinema, yeah, you will not be able to sit through this. Well, yeah. I mean... I still, I'm drawn in by the shots and the, the dynamism of the, the images we see, though. Like yeah. Even, even if it was just, you cut out half the movie and it's all the narrative stuff and we just have certain shots, this palm tree burning or the guy on top of the building and hmm. these two dwarfs with blind and it was just like a weird compilation of shots. I would still think it would be absolutely beautiful. Me too. We could, you could cut out all the dialogue. And just all the, even all the sound and just have these images playing with the soundtrack. Yeah. And I would still watch it. Hey, maybe we'll cut something together. We'll call it Popol Vuh and we'll get some remix. <laughs> That'd be a fun little uh, bonus feature for the next DVD release. But what, you know, what I'm, no one, you know, the majority of the people don't feel that way. No. Yeah. I agree with you there. Like for, for a lot of the movies we cover, they're movies that are hard to interpret, but are kind of accessible. This, yeah. I think, is not accessible at all. No. <laughs> like, not even a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for the podcast, we have to have a couple of tropical maladies. Oh, I love it. Even dwarfs started I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Just some fucking weird-ass yeah. movies. It is fucking weird, but I'm glad I watched it. It is fun, but though. It is fun. And honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think because I'm able to sit through the whole thing. Like, it's not like I watch it and I say, Oh, cool. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. You know, like it is somehow, despite being nonsensical, Mm -hmm. despite having little to no plot, despite just being pure chaos, it is still thought provoking. I get moved by the, the pointlessness of it. in Yeah. I did. It, it It makes you, it's, I think part of Herzog's charm is that he doesn't make you think thematically. Mm. He makes you feel thematically. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way to put it. 
Because I never find myself when I'm watching a Herzog film thinking, oh, what's he trying to tell me? Yeah. I always just kind of feel what he's trying to make me feel. Mm-hmm. Like we uh, spoke on nihilism and like watching this, it, I felt the pointlessness of the world. Yeah, exactly. It didn't yeah. occur to me. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this reminds me of like, you know, fucking Camus or Sarch or whatever, yeah. any other nihilist, you know, famous nihilist name. Yeah. It just made me feel that way. And I mean, isn't that so much more powerful of a learning tool than some kind of philosophical book that you fucking half the words or the being of the being of is the being of is the, and you go, what the fuck? Or you watch the movie and you go, ah, now I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there's definitely something special to it. Mm. It's a, it's a little bit of a gem in the filmography, something that stands out as very strange, very different, but also the beginning of what would become the themes that we see again and again in the ones that we've already watched. It is, yeah. uh, oh. oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just trying to fill that air. Go ahead. Oh, I was thinking, I don't know if, uh, how far you'd like to continue the Herzog delving into, but I think with these four movies that we've seen so far, we have a pretty solid picture of his style. Okay. There are the kind of other classic ones that uh, we yeah. have here. What else is there? Uh, well, I know I definitely would like to do Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. I mean, Fitzcarraldo, Casper Hauser. Casper Hauser. That's a fun one. Even Nosferatu is fun. Huh. You know what? For Nosferatu? Yeah. I know... Um, who did The Witch? Robert Eggers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're right there. He did The Witch and he did The Lighthouse. Yes. And he should be releasing a Nosferatu movie within the next year or two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's doing The Vampire. It used to be called Nosferatu. That's awesome. Now it's called The Vampire. I know he's doing... It's stripped of its release date because it was initially set to release... 2020 or 2021 okay and i think either because of the whole what are you showing me here can you see it oh, yeah nosferatu the vampire there you go but yeah that's it I'm, I'm not sure how much of a I, I don't know i don't know what his plan is for this it's a loose adaptation of bram stoker's dracula but that's every dracula thing ever because that's where yeah. it comes from and Nosferatu is the ripoff of Dracula, anyways. So right. It's going to be some kind of loose adaptation. Um, but I wonder how I'm wondering how influenced it will be by Herzog's Nosferatu. So well, I'd like to do them at kind of like a double feature. We can almost do a triple feature with the uh, F.W. Murnau, the original one. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think that's 1915 or something. 1922. Oh, 19. Oh, there you go. Right okay. Here. 1922. Um, that, that's awesome. That movie is that really, like, that's pretty sick. It's like for a, like a silent movie, like you watch, um, you'd, you'd watch some silent movies for more like the camera movement or the kind of magic, the camera magic to see like, Oh wow, these are cool special effects kind of thing. But Nosferatu is just, it's done so fucking well 
where mm-hmm. all the shots of Nosferatu or in his castle of phantoms is all a flat image, like an optic graphic image, black, white, black, white, high contrast. And you have an image here. It looks like, like graphite you're drawing with chalk. Right. Yeah. And then when you're in the land of the living, it's deep focus and landscapes and normal kind of stuff. And the, the way he dies that because this is would all be black and white, but certain scenes would be dyed blue if it was nighttime or dyed red or green, depending on the, the feel of it. So yeah. it goes in all these different tones and like wa- watching it back then in 1922, you would have been like, yeah, this is a normal movie. This is what people did. Now they wouldn't want anything else, but now it's almost like, I mean, it's a trip to a different planet now. If you watch something like this, you're going, what the fuck? These images are so powerful. They're so strong and iconic images mm-hmm. with this strange soundtrack and these colors that pop in and out. It's like you're on acid or something watching these movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely of any uh, vampire or Dracula movie, I, mm-hmm. the shots of Nosferatu yeah. are the most referenced in pop culture. Yeah. And what comes to mind instantly is fucking the amount of times they used Nosferatu and SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, but they did. On the light switch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, the Herzog movie is a shot for shot remake of this one, though. Is it? Shot for shot. That's kind of cool. I think. In, in color now. Okay. So in color with dialogue, though. So right. It loses some of the charm little fairy dust okay that's in the original but they're interesting to watch back and back in my opinion the 1922 one is better than the herzog one it says here it's an unauthorized adaptation of the novel yeah well that's uh, the nosferatu was a full ripoff they changed everyone's names and everything that's pretty funny but it's the exact same story. And they just said, yeah, we're going to make this in German. And uh, that's it. They <laughs> <laughs> can't do anything to do. Hey, Bram Stoker, fuck you. Pretty well. But that that would be almost... Because we've done like five movies in one podcast before, I think, with the... Uh, yeah, well, we did a big um, Yorgos Lanthimos episode. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we can do a triple feature. Three Nosferatus, 1922, 19... 19- 80 something i believe and then whenever this one comes out but who knows when this is going to come out that's the thing because yeah. I, I know robert eggers's next project i believe mm-hmm. is the night a medieval epic sounds like this will be it there's no cast they've definitely revealed the cast the northman 10th century iceland oh there's the cast for this one maybe it's this one they're doing next i don't know i know for a fact vampire is not the next one he's doing Okay. Um, I mean, we're going to be doing this podcast for the next 45 years. So, I mean, we've got the time at least. That's true. We do have, uh, we have, uh, what's it called? Uh, well, never mind. The joke doesn't work because I can't remember the fucking word I'm thinking of. There you go. Finish the joke yourself, eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an audience. You finish it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So it looks like the, the night is slotted to come out next. But for a long time, Nosferatu was going to come out next. So I don't know. I think it's a working title as well because they've changed it a few times on Letterboxd mm-hmm. alone. And the Northman. Well, I know. I, I find think... it interesting that he has three movies on slot. I mean, that's good. He's working. But is that 
like is that him saying i want to do these movies or does he have actually three movie deals set up for the next like what 12 years it may be pre-production stuff though right like it could be stuff that he just has like storyboards and a script for yeah and he got some studio on board and they said yeah "Yeah, we'll do it when you're ready or even like he could have barely any backing too and it's kind of like He'll, he'd put it up on IMDb or something and go, ooh, check out my thing to raise funds to get it made okay. or something. So maybe maybe these are all, who knows what comes out, but... True. Cause, yeah, because... Oh, Bram Stoker's a credited writer for The Vampire. Oh, he came back from the dead. Cool. So that's weird. <laughs> Not bad. That's I like how Anya cool. Taylor-Joy is the only cast member so far. Not bad. She plays every... Uh, Every character, you know who she is, right? I don't think so. She's the, she's the uh, she's the girl from The Witch. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, she's good. Yeah, so she's supposed to be in the Vampire. She's going to be in the Northman. I, I saw her in an absolutely terrible Viking movie. Oh, did you? The beginning of her career. Which one was I it? Get what it was called, but it was brutality. It would be like Viking Quest. It might have been Viking Quest. This sounds terrible. Yeah, that looks like it. Because it was just like a CGI backdrop, like almost, I watched it with Grant and he said, or it was in the TV in the background, and he said it was like uh, watching a student play intercut between like desktop backgrounds for like landscapes. Yeah, that is terrible. It's exactly what it was. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, everyone's giving it one star. It's got Uh, This movie sucked beyond compare. Yeah, one star is the highest. Uh, it's the most yeah. common rating. What is that, it, that, it called? The was, mode? That was brutality. That was her first big feature, I guess. Well, it was her oh. first film ever. My favorite shot, I don't remember which dwarf it is or when exactly it is in the movie. So it might be a little hard for me to find. But it is one of the dwarves. I believe she's wearing a white shirt. She just strolls off into the cliffs. Yeah. You know what shot I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly, but it sounds quite funny. Let's see if I can find it. Nothing really happens. It's just the... I love the contrast of it. Actually, I do know what you're talking about. The rocks take up the full frame. Yeah. I think it's yeah, the day I know before this. Yeah. It's like a, f- a flat image facing the, the rocks. Yeah. Oh, is that when they're going to burn down his favorite? Uh, I think so, tree? yeah. So when does that happen? When is the palm trees? Is it before or after the wedding? I think it's after the wedding. No, because see, they're fucking with the midget. They're fucking with the, the blind people here. Yeah. Porn. Porn is fun. I think it's before the wedding. Maybe, yeah. I think because it's before the blind people. Oh, exactly. They're burning it down. Okay, so yeah, it's somewhere around there. Yeah, this is the blind people checking the well. <gasps> oh, remember to cough into your elbows, kids. Is that a cough or a sneeze? I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this goddamn shot? Somewhere there. These are all fun, though, too. Yeah, they are. Pretty yeah. awesome. They're, they're, ah, oh, there you there go. Yeah, they're lively, all these shots. They're, they're full of life, everything here. This guy in his little motorcycle. 
These guys fighting nothing. This right here. You know, this is probably my there. favorite shot. It almost looks like a shot straight of an eraser head or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's freaky. It looks similar to it. This is and this like this. It looks like fucking Mars or some shit. Yeah. No, that shot rule with the cloud too. Yeah. I don't know. On the on the TV, I was watching this on. I think maybe the settings were different. I don't know if you can see it on your screen. On my screen, you can't see it as much. Okay. But uh, a cloud starts rolling in, and you can literally see the shade from the cloud swooping over the hill. Oh yeah. And that's that. That's what made this shot stand out to me the most. But even this, it's just so weird. Here, you can kind of see it. it starts yeah, from over here. Yeah. It's coming in. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So that's that my is, favorite. Yeah, that's my yeah, favorite shot. That's absolutely beautiful. That one. Yeah. Just, just pure. I mean, it's hard to pick a shot not based on aesthetics with this movie. Yeah. Because, we'll, like, what really else is going on? Nothing really. Right. It's mostly just a series of shots. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just chaos after yeah. chaos. Uh, I'm having a bit of trouble here thinking of uh, an exact shot. I mean, I like the kind of low angle, wide angle where you see the door and everything and the guy standing on the roof and everything. Yes. But when, um, I mean, yeah. there's other great shots in here. Oh, there was the chair burning shot for a second. There it is. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about this before. Here it is. That's nice. I mean, I do like the shot of just the truck spinning in a circle and we see the volcano yes. in the back too. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, even the one we stopped on before with the guys when we were looking down the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, that's fun too, that one. But when you're looking down the tree and you see it on fire and everything and the guy's pulling it down, even that's a beautiful shot or something with the tree in the distance, that kind of beginning of the sequence. This one right here. Yeah, this is a really cool shot. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I might pick one of that one maybe. That one's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, which one stood out to you the most, do you think? Uh, it's tough. I was so I was so so much enjoying the movie and laughing at it throughout that I mean, I was just living that movie. I might say that first that first one where the tree is center frame. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny too where they're torturing the guy with the chicken. <laughs> yeah, it is. The, the, the wide the wide on this on this scene is is probably my favorite of the wides of this house of this building because it happens a lot. I don't think I skipped too far, did I? No, it looks like I did. Looks like where is it? Now it's just going to be me trying to find the shot for no, that. Right uh, yeah, yeah, this down the yeah, yeah. That is another beautiful shot. But you think you might like the tree more? I yeah. Well, I mean. It, they're all ties. They're so, they, they seem very, they're very recognizable immediately. Even this wide shot here. Yeah, I mean, what beautiful. the heck? This landscape yeah. is nuts. I mean, that's, I mean, I was telling, I was telling Zach this while we were watching it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how much genuine thought Herzog put into each and every single one of these shots. Yeah. Or if it's just instinct. I think they are so well composed. Every single one of them is absolutely stunning. I think there's not a single shot in this movie that is visually boring. Yeah, for sure. His, uh, his motto, we've talked about it before with the flooding of the river in uh, Gary, where he said, Oh, fuck mm -hmm. it. We'll just write it into the story. 
it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's jazz, it's free form. He, he, one quote from him is, uh, if you, if you make a, a storyboard, you're a coward. So he wants to show up at a place, get the feel of the place that he's in and then shoot it as the feel tells him it should be shot, you know? Like yeah. he'll he'll use the uh what's the thing, the feng shui of the room to get the right. idea on how to shoot it. So I'm I'm sure this was just okay, we'll find a tree. Yeah, that looks cool. Maybe back up and get it in the middle. Oh yeah, that looks nice and stuff. Right. Like this is all on the spot done fucking here, 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 shoot this, shoot that, get the chickens running around, get these guys. I you mean, think all but how much time does he take? to get this frame let's say like he, he pulls up with his camera these two blind dwarves are chilling these chairs yeah. or maybe he told them to who knows yeah how much time do you think herzog takes to frame this shot properly i'm sure once he gets the the idea for it yeah then, it, then it'll be a, okay how do we compose this how do we get this done okay but nothing is like foreplanned before they get to the that moment of it, okay, next on the schedule is we have to shoot the dwarf fight or something. Right. Yeah. Or maybe there's not even a schedule. Maybe it's like dinner, Pepe, this yeah, guy yeah, yeah. running. Like it could be bullet points or something. Yeah. And then they just they free ball every single thing. They just come up with it. This definitely seems like the type of movie to be shot chronologically. Yeah. Well they're destroying everything, burning everything. Right, down. exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe everything in this room is shot in one, in one, you know, maybe, day. yeah, yeah. Because you know, you don't want to keep going back and forth in and out of the same room because then you risk breaking continuity within the room. Yeah, exactly. you're moving shit around. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this, that that would be probably shot in a day or two days or something, <laughs> and then everything else would just be like, let's run around and go nuts. Yeah, I wonder how much freedom he gave. Uh, the actors, like, did he just say, like, fucking do whatever you want and I'll film you? I bet but, he was saying, like, what's your your child destructive fantasy? You know, what do you want to do? Okay, we'll yeah. destroy dinner, we'll run around, uh, you'll get on this motorcycle and just be loud. <laughs> He's probably giving them complete free range. Interesting. It's an interesting, it's a fucking interesting movie. Yeah. It's a, it really... Like, I'm not sure if everyone would have this reaction, but it really made me question directing. Yeah. It really made me wonder about Herzog's method on set. Like, how many cameras does he use? How mm-hmm. many, how many uh, cameramen does he have? Because yeah. there's a lot of different angles of the same scene. Yeah. But it almost always feels like the same camera. I'm not sure. That might be interesting to check the credits. I'm, yeah. Because he used, I don't know when it started, but uh, he recurringly used one cameraman. I don't know if it was Thomas Mauck. Cinematographer. Yeah, we've talked about the cameraman before. I think it was. Was it him? Thomas. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um, IMDb is a little more thorough, so let's check IMDb. Where's crew? It just says cast. Oh, here we go. Cinematography, camera, and electrical department, assistant camera, 
still photography, second cinematographer. S- sounds like there's probably at most three cameras on set. Uh, uh, well, assistant camera wouldn't be doing anything on the camera itself. You do, what would he be doing? That guy Just, would, he would be loading film or changing okay. focus as they shoot. But second cinematographer would be behind the camera. Okay. So yeah, so there's, um, Herzog has a camera, Thomas has a camera, and maybe Dietrich has a camera. Maybe, yeah. So there's like two two or three only. Yeah. Okay. Because it seems like almost pure luck that they got the shots they did. Like taking the tree, for example, again, mm-hmm. they start pulling it down and they cut to an alternate angle right as it falls. Yeah. Well, it's that's the magic of it. They're they're trying to get these moments. But then it like it makes me feel because this is easy to fake. You can tie a rope to a post. Yeah, yeah. And pretend you're pulling a tree down because mm-hmm. they're obviously like it's it's the it's the whole thing. It's something you made me notice filming movies with you. Yeah. Where when you change angles, you don't always have to be in the exact same position because it's more about what looks good on frame. Yeah. Because here, this looks good on frame, and then on the close-up of them pulling the tree, it looks better on frame if they're closer together. Like yeah, here, exactly. they're yeah. like maybe two, three feet apart. Yeah. And then when they cut to the wide with the tree falling down, they are way further. Yeah, there you go. And then close again. Right. So are they pulling on the tree? They probably yeah, just, I, you know? You know, I think that might have been shot no fakery two cameras but then where'd the camera go when they do the wide but this is the reverse wide now so we're seeing the the other angle of it because b- before we were seeing them pulling the tree yeah here like yeah. they're on the left side right and then we cut to the now this they would have shot at this distance and they gone okay cut we're gonna move in closer and then they change the angle of view now where the characters are now pulling to the right of the frame instead of the left of the frame. Yes. So now we have this reverse shot. And but then, then here, right here, here the, ca- the camera would have been right here about on that other close-up. Yeah, it could have been telephoto, though. So they could have been pretty far back. Oh, and just punched right in? Yeah, like he okay. could be right on the edge of the frame right there and just punched in. True. But okay. I don't know. Then we're, we were talking about the... Uh, the space in between the characters again. Yeah. Because what, what I'm wondering mostly, I, f- I find it interesting that they even got such a good close up, but they still managed to get the shot of the tree actually falling down on the wide. Because it almost feels like, you know, they're filming the close and then they yeah. hear a creak behind the camera and they say, oh, fuck, we got to shoot the wide. The tree's about to fall. They yeah. sit over there, yell action, they start rolling, and the tree falls pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been they shot everything in wide, and like you said, the close-ups are just fakery. Right. But uh, either way, I mean, all the sequences cut together beautifully. Yeah, they do. They work out really well. And, yeah, they, they yeah. work. I mean, all that to say that this movie really made me question filmmaking. Yeah. More than any other film, and I appreciated that. Mm. I mean, there's no right or wrong way really to do it, I guess. Yeah, no. I mean, everyone's got their own kind of little twist to it, and Herzog might be the the most creative 
that I that I'm into, like in his uh, right style. Yeah, I mean, I might have been more aware of these aspects of filmmaking in this movie just because I had nothing else to think about mm-hmm. because there's so oh, little yeah. plot, you know. Like well, maybe that's just. Me. You know, when I have nothing else to think about, that's where my mind went. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe there's something about this movie specifically, or maybe it's just I had nothing else to think about. I don't know. I get it. But it is, uh, it does provoke some kind of thought, even if it is the, the kind of meta thought about right. the, the artifice or the, the production of it itself. Yeah, this, uh, this poster. That's fun. That's my, that's my problem. You're like one of my runner-ups, your favorite shot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's I love another one where he looks at the camera and laughs and stuff. Yeah, too. ombre, ombre on the motorcycle is hilarious. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and also if you're in a world of dwarfs, where are these giant automobiles coming from? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny too. Although the van they all get into, that seemed the right thought. Very, yeah, that seems yeah. oddly appropriate. That might be some weird Russian van, though. So who knows? They did weird <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Shall we get into reviews? Yeah, I think we can hit them up, see what they say. Start with the stinkers or start with the clinkers? uh, Start with the stinkers like always, but let's check this out first. Three and a half half stars, pretty much. Not terrible for what the movie is. Right. Almost 3,000 ratings total. Is that a higher rating uh, average like? For kind of... Letterbox 3,000 or 3.4? Yeah. 3.4 3.4 is pretty good. Okay. That's or definitely... Yeah. 3,000 ratings is kind of yeah. low. Okay. Um, I mean, it only has 5,000 watches. Mm. Which is, although that that ratio of watched to rated is pretty yeah. good. Okay. But again, I think we're going to get that trend where, you know... This movie fucking sucks. It's about nothing. And fucking Herzog's the best. I love him. Right, exactly. I'm expecting that. Oh, well, here we go. Here's someone who just knows Herzog and hates him. So why don't you Werner, read that? Her, Werner Herzog has such an ego that he thinks the lives and torment of so many animals is worth his movie. He could easily achieve the absurd effect he was going for without it. Werner Herzog is chicken shit. Interesting. He didn't like the chickens getting beaten up. Yeah, he didn't. Or the pigs getting hit. Well, I think... It was 1970, buddy. Come on. Yeah. I mean, also, knowing what I know about Herzog now, mm-hmm. I almost feel like the pig might have died by accident on set. Yeah. And he just rolled with it. But I mean, this review was written 50 years after yes. the thing was made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you were in 1970 and you're writing a review about something in 1920, you're like, Oh, the gang murder rape scene. Ah, a little on the nose. You know, you're like, come on, it's a different time. Things were, uh, yeah. on, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, I, most of these negative reviews might also be about the exploitative, the seemingly exploitative nature of the film. Mm. But, I mean, like you said, they're all paid actors. They knew what they were getting into themselves into. The animal stuff, I agree, it's, you know, weird, but... yeah. It is chickens, and they are, they're all farm animals. They probably yeah. ate them. You think? I mean, the people on the uh, the island of whatever the fuck that island was called. Yeah, let me get it here. Uh, Lanzarote Island. There you go. 
I think they were doing uh, different things than just killing chickens. I don't think they were too phased by it. There's a fucking volcano uh, two kilometers away from where they're shooting. You know, these guys living on the island don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah, maybe not. They're out to fish and score some fucking cockfights, dude. I also think, especially in the Western world, Mm -hmm. killing pigs and chickens shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, just in the past week, how many chickens have I killed and pigs? I mean, come on. Right. It's it's part of uh, eating. Yeah. I mean, I think a grocery store is grosser than this movie. Yeah. You know, that, I think that's part of why Cannibal Holocaust is so hard to watch for so many people because it's a, you know, there's a turtle, there's a monkey. Yeah. It's animals we don't usually see getting yeah. murdered. The turtle seems brutal. Right. Where you're like, ah, that's a little helpless. But I mean, my mom has chickens. I was living with chickens for years. They're fucking little mother, motherfucking little, little things, you know? They're assholes, they're cruel, they're vengeful and mean, and they'll, well, they'll they eat each, each other, other, no problem. Yeah. And whoever's bought on the pecking order is getting murdered overnight, getting their right. eyes gouged out and all their feathers ripped out. And then if you walk up, you're getting your ankles bit off and they're attacking you. They're, yeah. fucking, they're little dinosaurs. I mean, have no sympathy for these chickens. They're animals. Yeah, I don't. The yeah, I don't think. I mean, the the monkey scene in this is kind of weird, but like you tie a monkey to a crucifix for a five second shot, and you let you know give yeah. him back to his owner or send him back it. in the wild, whatever. Yeah. Joe Exotic doesn't care. <laughs> He's unfit. He's gonna shoot the monkey ten minutes after they shoot, anyways. I mean, yeah. that was the best part of the monkey's day. <laughs> it was quite disgusting, really. Mm, really? I wanted. To go into it with an open mind, I was pretty keen to learn more about Herzog and Burke. However, there really is no redeeming moral quality to the film, which was likely the intention. I mean, okay. However, I can never and will never get behind any sort of depiction of animal abuse if it is real. It is violence for the sake of violence, stripping people with a disability as nothing more than angsty, simplistic rebels protesting against nothing. It was a pretty disappointing film for me, at least. At least. Um, which likely was the intention. That's something we can properly discuss, I think. Yeah. I think that's the only part of this review that we can discuss. Um, do you think this movie had no redeemable moral quality? And do you think that was the intention? Well, I also, uh, I think that people, at least this is 2019, you they would expect the movies to have some kind of ah you know this is an answer to something that i've been thinking about yeah. oh i feel good about the end of this movie herzog you're not supposed to feel good at the end of the movies right you're supposed to be either in awe of powerful nature but also scared at how quickly the volcano could kill you in a second or you're watching the movie and going oh everyone is animals this everything is just this yeah we're, we're just a planet i mean he's he's telling you forget your ego forget your putting yourself on top of the pedestal it's mm-hmm. all nonsense it's all fun and games i agree i i think i think this statement saying that there's no redeeming moral quality and that was the intention is correct yeah. i think that's part of what makes the movie so good exactly because the statement here is that life has no redeeming moral quality because uh, morality is invented 
by man to make us feel good for some reason. Yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one, Lee. Yeah. That's pretty funny that people, uh, you'd, you'd think that's, I mean, that's the theme of everything in here. Right. And that's what nihilism is. Yeah. And I, I think if, if that was the intention mm-hmm. and the intention was a success, yeah. objectively, it's not a bad movie. You might not have liked it, but if the, mm-hmm. if the intention is there and it's visible and it's potent and you can key into it and recognize it, yeah. that's at least a successful movie. I mean, people have, we've kind of had the conversation before, not me and you, but other people have said similar things like, oh, why would, I mean, why would you have an ending like that? Or why would the mm-hmm. movie just made me feel bad the whole time? And you go like, well, they don't, you don't have to agree with the philosophy of the movie to appreciate it as some kind of art form. I mean, what the, the movie I always give is uh, Triumph of the Wills, which is the, uh, the Hitler kind of movie. That, uh, that it's like a propaganda pick to show Hitler as the, the best guy around, you know? Okay. And you don't have to be a fascist or a Nazi to like the movie. I mean, it's absolutely beautifully shot. Right. Yeah. And it, it's the pinnacle of filmmaking in the kind of mid-30s. Right. So, I mean, y- you don't have to like the protagonist, Hitler. You don't have to like the fucking anything about it, the philosophy, the morality, any, the ideology, any kind of word you want to put in there to appreciate it as an art, as a piece of art. Yeah, art I agree. Object. Yeah. I think it's hard to talk about art objectively, mm-hmm. but I think a lot, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the world we live in, like the, the whole modernist movement and then postmodernism, and now we're living in some sort of like meta modernism or post postmodernism or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. But the whole death of the author movement, I think, really took something away from art, which is the artist's intention. Mm. By ignoring the artist's intention, we take away the part of art that I think is objective. Because if the artist created this piece, with intention, with something in mind, and that idea is properly conveyed and the audience recognizes it, then that is a good work of art objectively because it succeeded in doing what the artist wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, it works. Mm -hmm. But after that, yeah, it's subjective whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. but it works. Yeah. Even then, though, because you could string a series of images together and it could be effective to some person mm-hmm. and then it would still be a good piece. Even if, like, there's no intention behind it at all and it's just... But then wouldn't that be the intention? I guess so. If it's wouldn't just having no thing? intention be the intention? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's fucking art theory. It's fucked up. There's like, the, yeah. this is a never-ending conversation. So. Yeah, there's no answer to it either. Right, yeah. 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 Gotta hit up some uh, good reviews because these seem to all just, just be what the fuck. It's cruel. Yeah, cruel, long, boring, disturbing. Yeah. I think that pretty much summarizes every negative review. Yeah. Couldn't I mean, get through 45 minutes. I wanted to give it a shot. I'm trying to watch most of Herzog's filmography. That's funny that someone who would watch most of Herzog's filmography, which is somewhat into film, wouldn't like right. a movie like this. Yeah, because I don't... I, I mentioned before that this isn't at all accessible. Mm-hmm but I don't think it's any 
less accessible than Herzog's other movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think if you're running through Herzog's filmography and you stumble upon yeah. even Dwarf Started Small, I would... Yeah. Okay. I mean... You, I would just take it. Yeah, he's not showing you a plane landing five times on a runway. <laughs> just panoramic shots of Morocco for 45 minutes. Right. Even though that movie rocks. Agonizing, hard to read, deeply reactionary. Yeah, similar, 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 similar. All oh, very similar. Yeah, here, skip, skip this one. Watch a Gary Nosferatu Fitzgeraldo. Basically, sort his films by most popular and watch those only. Yeah. I mean, Nosferatu and Fitzgeraldo are pretty low on my list of Herzog movies. Yeah, you uh, have very little... I mean, you've definitely praised other movies far more than Fitzgeraldo. Mm. I mean, and Fitzgeraldo yeah. is by far his most popular. Yeah, in my eyes. But I think it it became popular, or it's popular because it's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. It's a proper narrative. It still has yeah. the kind of Herzog pointlessness at the end, or like the pointlessness of man's struggle. This guy who's trying to build an opera house in the jungle, and. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, a normal kind of flick. It's fun. It's got Claudia Cardinal in it. She's nice. But uh, other than that, it's just kind of normal. I mean, I want to watch something insane when I see a Herzog thing. I want to watch something yeah. that, that has no comparison as something else. You go, what the fuck? This is so so interesting, the way it's made and what it's showing. I don't know. It's It's normal. Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. There's much better ones than Fitzcarraldo. Like even Wojciech or something is better than that. Yeah, I, but again, you know, that's that's the subjective part yeah. of it, of enjoying art. You like Herzog mm-hmm. when he's at his most Herzog. Yeah. A lot of people like Herzog when he's most accessible. Yeah. And, you know, it's because he's most accessible that those people like him. Mm-hmm. Like Heart that of Glass. Sense. I think that would be my number one. Yeah, I think Heart of Glass so far yeah. would probably be my number one as well. Yeah, that movie fucking rocks. It did, yeah. It was really mm-hmm. good. But honestly, I prefer, visually, I prefer this. This is quite beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's just visually completely stunning the whole way through. Yeah. Everyone, you kind of, there's going to be bits and pieces where you go, fuck, this rocks. Yeah. But we'll see. Five stars. Ooh. Five stars. With the Wi-Fi down, the plan to watch, the hate you give down the drain. So I had to dig out an old DVD. Don't think Sarah was into this. She had a problem with the animals being treated a bit shit. But I still love its weirdness and laughed a lot. Such a weird and wonderful film. Great oh, review. Fantastic. There you go. <laughs> if I pulled out an old DVD and ended up watching this, I would be stoked. It would be, it would fucking rock. It would make it be night. a good night. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a good night. I watched this yesterday and forgot to add it. This movie is fucking chaotic. Okay, whatever. Carries some of the themes and motifs from Herzog's debut, Signs of Life. This film is about a community of mad and whatever, don't care. We watched the movie. I found it unsettling at times, but absolutely worth the watch and a must see if you are a Herzog fan. I've never seen a one legged chicken before. Five stars. <laughs> good review. Did you notice the one-legged chicken? I did. That was pretty funny. I did. I, it's it's interesting how much his leg stretched out compared yeah, to the other one. Yeah, weird looking. Yeah. yeah. Good for that chicken, I guess. 
human nature is selfish, animalistic, and destructive. Yeah, I guess that's the whole nihilistic point of this movie, eh? <laughs> Good job, David Rankin. The guy who thinks he's smart. Yeah. I like to think this movie is about the psychiatric practice and how it's inherently wrong and treats people like rebellious lab rats, but who actually knows what's going on here. Interesting. I don't know if there's much about psychiatry in here, but I think this is a movie like this guy, Mike C. Chinin or whatever. He mm-hmm. uh, he might have been coming back from psychiatry. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, his therapist rubbed him a little bit the wrong way. Yeah. This is my kind of film. Five stars. Is it a world too? <laughs> what are your favorites? Okay, maybe this is an art film, right? Oh, well, not really. That's another fun one. I mean, it's three hours something long and all silent, but it's fucking cool. Uh, he only has three favorites. He did not slot in a fourth. Not a fourth. Huh? Not a fourth. Metropolis is pretty fun, though. I think we talked about that already. Where we have talked people, about it before. Yeah, they released different soundtracks to it. Yeah, but I think if, if there's a three-hour-long silent film mm. in the world, mm. the only people who are going to watch it are people who are cinephiles. Maybe, yeah. But this is, this is again, like the fucking giant movie at the time. This yeah, yeah, like yeah. The blockbuster of blockbusters. Yeah, that's what you were telling me. Yeah. Have you heard of this one? No, no. I don't know what that is. Koya Anisazi by Godfrey Reggio. Reggio. I've never heard of this. Has a lot more views than uh, even Dwarf started small. Oh, and, so and four point two. Yeah, better rated. A lot of five stars. Yeah. Well, might be good. Nineteen eighty-two sounds fun. Interesting. Do you know the? Have you heard of the director, Gottfried Reggio? I don't think so. What else has he done? Power Quartz. This sounds like a trilogy. Seems like a trilogy. It looks like it. Visitors, Anima Mundi, and uh, Evidence. All nineties. Oh, this one's new. 2000, 2000, 80s, 80s. Oh, this is the newest one. Interesting. Yeah, never uh, never heard of them. They, those covers look pretty fucking sick, though. Yeah, they do. They're interesting. They're definitely uh, attention-grabbing. What else has he done? Is he, has he written anything we know about? Actor, writer? Yeah, that sounds about right. right. Actor, probably the same ones. Oh, Glass. Glass, Impact of Progress. I have not heard of any of these. Watsky Trilogy. Produced oh, I all think, of them. Uh, I think uh, Criterion might have released the Watsky Trilogies there. As, yeah. uh, as something. Oh, the, the that's these ones. That's yeah. the ones we said where it looked interesting. Okay. I don't know if that's Criterion release, but I think Criterion did do those three. It's credited for a different director. Oh, he interviews Godfrey. That's why. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, fun enough. So uh, what's your final review there, Lee? What do you think? Yeah, well, here, let's let's take a look at my... Let's see if we can't find my... Uh, here I am. Mm-hmm. If we read my bio here i have a specific rating and uh one out of five stars is not a movie okay and i stand by my statement that this is not a movie yeah so i would have this is out of five though so i would i would have to give it a two out of ten but i really did like it yeah 
So I don't feel, it doesn't feel right giving it only two stars, but it's definitely not a movie. Well, it, it is filmed. It, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Inherently, though. Yeah, I mean, it is, a, right. Of course, a definition, it's a movie. But like you said about Herzog's other film, it's more, even to me, it's more something you just stumble upon in some museum. Mm. Even this is, because there's nothing, it, there's nothing to grab onto for the, for the common audience. No. There's no, plot, there's no character development. You know, the, I mean, the only character development that I can possibly grasp onto is the dwarf in the black suit going crazy and talking to a tree because these people drove him mad. Yeah. But fuck, I loved it. Pretty fun. Like I just enjoyed watching it. You know, it, it, it made me think about film in a way no other movie has. Mm-hmm. I don't know there's a lot to this film that is deeper than film itself, however fucking pretentious that sounds. So, in saying that, do you think that? From yeah, mm, definitely a lot. I think I'd go just full, just flip the two, just an eight out of ten, probably. An eight out of ten. I really, it really, really just enjoyed it. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it made me, yeah, but like, I don't know, it's so hard. Like it feels it feels wrong giving it any rating because it's just so bizarre. It it's singular. Yeah, definitely. I can't think of anything quite like it. Or yeah. even you can think of other movies, other kind of running in circles kind of movies with no point, plot, or narrative or anything. But yeah, this is so damn funny that you're just laughing the entire way through, and you're like, "Fuck, this movie rocks." Yeah, I mean, and even. Like, even I had a hard time with the first bit. Yeah. Because I kept kind of expecting some sort of exposition. Mm -hmm. But once I just kind of let go of that and took it in for what it was. Yeah. I I just started loving it more and more and more. It's like when when I first started watching this, I was genuinely in my head thinking, this will be my lowest rated film on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, like this this is, uh, I can't watch this. But if I then eventually, I was just like, fuck it like this is it is what it is if i remember clearly you also said the same about heart of glass when it opens with cows in a pasture and stuff and you're like dude this movie fucking sucks what am i watching and then i think you gave that a perfect 10 after yeah that's i mean dude herzog's he does something man he tricks you we have he does less than a minute here oh shit okay uh do you want to wrap it up super fast or uh we'll come yeah. back yeah, I can wrap it up fast. You want to uh, do your rating and we'll see how much time we have left. I'm also going to give it an eight because I fucking like Herzog. Movie rocks. I like your score. I like your reasons. It's fun. It gets the fucking point. It's a chicken. Who gives a fuck? You know? The yeah. chicken killed the chicken. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Cannibal Holocaust. So if I can give Cannibal Holocaust a good score, I can definitely give this a good score. Rock and roll. Eight. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Check us there out on go. Instagram, Twitter. At, not really Twitter. Yeah. At Monolith Film Pod. I use the Twitter frequently. Okay. Twitter. At, at Monolith Film Pod. You can find us there. Email us at monolithfilmclub at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, send us fucking anything you want. We don't care. Just fucking interact with our shit, like our yeah. posts, whatever. Tell all of your friends about us. Tell everyone, every single person you know, tell them to watch this podcast. Or else they're fucking nerds. Right. And until next time, 
Thanks, guys. Peace. Watch some movies. Hang out. Do your thing. Whatever. Rock and roll.